two, one. So come on. Okay, it's on. So let me know how this is doing. You got me? Picture okay? Man, you say hello. Oh, man, I say hey. How is the uh, sound? Does it sound okay? Okay, good evening. It's now seven o'clock and we can go ahead and get started while everyone's getting logged on and getting settled. Uh, welcome. Welcome Bay Area. This is the uh, Wednesday night Bible study and um, wanted to let everyone know we're really appreciative that you decided to log on with us and I definitely want to um, let Tim know that I got it figured out and I hope he's watching. He's going to let me know how it went, and um, I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to do the study. What I wanted to do was start out with um, some warm-ups or icebreakers, if you will. Um, we'll start out with a little bit of a question-answer thing is, have you been blessed this week? Has anything happened to you, or have you done anything for which you feel blessed? And also, have you been challenged this week? Has there been any challenges in your life or anything that has come up that would draw you closer to God 
and also help to improve your faith as well. And we already realize that it's very challenging. We're, we're in challenging times in these days and these things that we're going through are definitely cause us to look at life differently and also look at the way we conduct ourselves and the way that we handle ourselves. Let's start out by looking at a passage in Philippians chapter 4 and beginning with verse 4 through 7. And it reads, says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, so keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In these verses, Paul commands us to rejoice multiple times throughout his letter to the Philippians. How are people who are regularly remembered to rejoice differ from those that don't rejoice? But those of us that rejoice a lot always know that we look to God for everything. And he is the leader and the main function of our lives. So we know that when hard times come, we can always look to him for he is always there for us. And he helps us through all our troubles. Jesus' response to our needs is always one of steadfast love. He says, come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. This doesn't necessarily mean that we will instantly and no longer have any difficulties or dilemmas for that matter, but it means that God will lighten our load just enough so that it is bearable, so we can find rest at night and continue to function day by day, and we will be able to find relief from trials and tribulations and crises in this life. True success and prosperity come when we develop an intimate relationship with God. Paul states in Philippians 3 and 10, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And I also had something I wanted to share with you. I found this while I was going through some things. I'm sure Tim can appreciate this. I got this from Tim and he hands this out to me and I found this on my dresser. It's been there for a little while. But I always like to look back at it every now and then, and I keep it there to always remind me that I can always look to Jesus whenever things get hard. Now this evening we'll do things a little differently. I'm going to be sharing various, hopefully different, inspirational terms and nuggets and things that we've picked up during the week. Because since it's the middle of the week and it's Wednesday, we have to try to make it through the end of the week. And we always, it's good to have a good um, injection of scripture, a little study, or some word that will help us to get through the week and to get things better. We always want to make sure that 
we're looking towards God for everything and we're having him as the leader of our lives. When we gave our lives over to God and we became Christians and disciples, we, we had a commitment. We said that we were going to give up us as being the leader of our lives and turn everything over to God and make him the leader of our lives. And in doing so, it's not a magical, mystical type of thing that happens, but it's an ongoing process that we go through. Each and every day of our lives, we strive to be better and better and better and more like Jesus. We strive to see people the way that Jesus saw them. We strive to love better. We strive to treat each other better. And it's a work. It's a lifelong work that we go through. And as long as we stay true and we stay to the end, God will give us a crown of life. One of the things I wanted to talk about was also relationships. We are fastly becoming a society of screens and social media, almost isolationism, if you will. What I'm suggesting is that we remember that contact and relationships are very important. And not only so important, but it's also important that we spend time with people that are not like us. A study shows that there's only 17% of Americans enjoy spending, enjoy spending time with people who are not like them. We need to increase our relational diversity with one another, and this will help us to be better people that God wants us to be. As we strive to be more and more like Jesus, we must go out of our way to engage those that are different from us. We must develop empathy, curiosity, and humility. Strong relationships are the key foundation needed to work through biblical truths and biblical nuances. Likewise, discipleship is also done relational, relationally. And we should also strive to keep those relationships sacred. We love others not just to help them, but we also want to emulate Jesus and obey God. When we are like Jesus, love becomes the hallmark of our relationships. Just like in John 3.16 and Romans chapter 5, verse 5. In the context of personal relationships, Questions can be asked, real life stories shared, confessions will be made, accountability will be offered, and encouragement given. This also opens up the capacity for the transfer of truth. Now, I wanted to ask a question. Does it surprise anyone to learn or to know that the word Christian or Christians appears in the Bible three times or used in the Bible three times. But the word disciple is used in the Bible 270 times. We'll have to check that out for next time when Tim is around and see. We respond to the gospel by faith in Christ. And the faith that we respond to is, as I said before, surrendering our rule over to God's rule through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. I have another question for you. 
Have you ever placed your life in the hands of someone else? I'll answer that. The answer for me would be yes. When I had surgery, I had a surgery on my back and initially I went in for the surgery and it was supposed to be a hour and a half, two hour procedure at most. I ended up being in there for, how long was I there? Five hours I was there. I got there early in the morning and they didn't even get started on me till late that afternoon. And by all rights, I, I should have been upset. I should have been angry because I, I'm laying on a gurney, hungry, hadn't eaten any the day before, and I'm waiting. I was told a procedure was going to start in the morning. It didn't start until the afternoon. But I remembered one thing, that God would take care of me, and he put everything in place. Some of my friends came and prayed for me. Tim stopped by and prayed with me. And I felt a calm and a sense of, of joy. Even though I was going in for a surgery, it was very surreal. And I went through the surgery. People took care of me that I don't even know to this day. I still don't know who they are. And things just fell into place. And it was amazing. And the night that I was in my room recovering, I got up out of the bed and walked. And I have, remember having one of the um, nurses come in and tell me, he says, man, he says, this is a blessing. He says, you, you're this a miracle. And, and it was just awesome. It was just an awesome feeling. But we have those feelings because we give complete control of everything over to God. And, and it's a great, great experience to behold. And it's been a year almost to this day and I am pain-free, thank the Lord, and I'm going about my business. And I wanted to be able to share that with you to let you know that God will provide. As he has said in, in Matthew chapter 18 and 20, he says, I will be always be with you, even until the end of the earth. And in all things, you can trust. So we were going to use that example to let other people know we can share with them and I can share with them as well my experiences and by sharing my experiences with them hopefully will help other people to grow and help other people to become closer to God because that's what I'm here for I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day because when night cometh when no man can work as we go through this life we have struggles and trials and tribulations and it seems like the world has tied us into always searching for something and looking for the next thing and, and trying to get more stuff and trying to build bigger houses and better houses and all those things like that. But as I remember Robbie Sunday said that when you get all those things and then you die, you leave all that stuff behind because you can't take it with you. And it is appointed unto man once to die. Because this earthly body that we have just deteriorates. And it tells us in the scriptures, if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, the Bible tells us that the outward man is deteriorating but the inward man is growing day by day. 
And what that tells me is that this body, this earthly body that I live in, has an expiration date on it. And when I have given my life and my work and everything over to Jesus, I must do everything that I can to help other people come this same way. Because I don't have, I don't have all day, I don't have all, all life, I don't have all the time in the world. Because we don't know where death is. And I understand that there, there's a virus going on right now and there's so many things that are keeping us locked up in the house, but we still don't know where death is. The virus could end and the very next day I could go outside and get run over by a car. I could, matter of fact, I could walk through this house, which I've done many times before and tripped and almost fought, fell and hurt myself and, and, and that could happen. There could be any number of things that would end your life. So. We don't know where death is, but we always have to be mindful of the fact that we serve a great God. We serve a God who is in control of everything. We serve a God who created the heavens and the earth, and he's responsible for our life and our being and our breath and everything that we do, and he will take care of us. And if we put our faith in him, we can never go wrong. We'll never miss the mark. One other thing I wanted to share with you. This is in relation to fishing for people. Because as we strive to teach each other how to be disciples in Christ and how to become closer and trust and follow Jesus more, we're also teaching others how to fish for people. And remember in Matthew chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, when Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake. For they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come, follow me and I will teach you how to fish for people. And at once they left, they dropped their nets and followed him. But we always wanna be in, keep mindful that we have work to do in this earthly life and we need to learn how to fish for people. And I love so much the fact that the Bible teaches us that there are great rewards in fishing for people. And Jesus is the one, the teacher. Jesus spent a lot of his time with small groups of people. He spent a lot of his time with the 12 disciples and he poured his heart and his soul and everything he had into them and then sent them out to do the same things that he did. And he told them that he would be there with them all the time while they were teaching and, and doing the same things and greater things that he had done in his life while he was walking on this earth. And that's the work that we should be doing while we're here on this earth. We should be taking opportunities to share with people, taking opportunities to have a kind word with someone or a spiritual conversation. And also we should take opportunities and ask God to send people to us for us to talk to. There, there are so many people in this world that are hurting, especially now. And sometimes we don't always see them because we don't go places where people are actually hurting or where people 
may be having difficult times or struggling or whatever the case may be. But sometimes you find yourself in different positions. Sometimes you find yourself in places where you may not have wanted to go, but it's somewhere where God sent you or somewhere where God directed you to be there. And when you're there, just make sure that you're able to share with someone and let people know of the hope that is within you. And let people know that you care about them because people won't really react to you until they know you honestly and genuinely care. And then you can be able to share some with someone with an open mind. The last thing I wanted to talk with you about is accomplishments. As we go through this life, we are to grow, and by growing we learn new things, we study our craft, improve our trade, and, and make ourselves better people. So those of us that have committed our lives to Jesus Christ, we're always looking to do something a little different. We don't ever want to be in a position where we're become idle or, or become satisfied with, with, what's go, with what's going on or become, what should we say, become complacent with the things that we do in this life. We should constantly be looking to be better, to be on the same level as everyone else. And those of us that are disciples of Jesus, we have to study. We have to study, we have to read to be able to share with other people because you can't share with somebody what you don't know and you can't lead where you don't go. So this is important to us that we should constantly be looking. And even if we make mistakes, we need to clean up our mistakes and move on. Because if we live in the past, it's to die in the present. And we don't want that. We want to be working as long as we have breath in our body, as long as we're able to do something, something for the cause of Christ would be a great, great thing. Let's see if I have one last thing to share. The last thing I wanted to share with you is what is something you have done, accomplished, or overcome that before you never would have thought you could, why were you able to do that? And if you dig into this a little bit more is how much does a person's life situation impact their happiness? Myself personally, I have actually overcome a lot of fears that I had, which were public speaking, trying to teach and share God's word with other people, and sitting in front of computers and talking to computers when I can't see people. <laughs> but through my prayers and through the help of other people, I know that um, Tim was very instrumental in helping me. Um, Tom, Bert, a lot of people that have been instrumental in helping me get over these fears and things that I go through. I'm, I'm able to sit here now and share with you and be somewhat comfortable in the things that I do. So that can be done. If you look at Philippians 
chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Let's see. Oh, yes. That's very good. Let's see. Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 reads, I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. The secret Paul learned is that in any situation we find ourselves in, our lives can be navigated with the contentment because of the one who gives us the strength to endure it. What are some of the ways that Christ gives you strength to endure some of the trials of your life? What keeps us from really accepting the strength that he offers us at times when we really, really need it? And the last thing I'll leave you with, is there an area in your life that you have resisted letting God strengthen you? I really appreciate everybody taking the time out and, and listening to me and sharing with me. I trust that uh, I did a fair job and I'm glad that Tim will be coming back next week. And I'll be looking forward to his um, critique of my actions. Well, Keith Stefanko said flight nursing is something he got over. Oh, okay. I got a response. Keith Stefanko said flight nursing is something that he got over. And I know that um, that job that he does is a pretty strenuous one. It's almost pretty much as strenuous as the one that I was doing my first job in law enforcement. Because you get to, I got to see and experience so many different things. And it really changed my outlook on life. Um, I don't see life the same way anymore because I know that um, things can change in an instant and, and your life is just really not as safe as you think it is when you walk outside of the doors of your home. Okay, is there anything else in there? No, we got a lot of accolades. But... Well, thank you. and. Let's have a prayer before we go. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for allowing me the opportunity to be able to study your word and present your word to the church. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for coming down, sending your son down to this earth and setting the example for us that we might have a right to life and have it more abundantly. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for being able to share and also being able to show people the way and help them along this way as they travel the path to go on to bigger and better things. We pray, dear Lord, that through the discipleship and the things that we do and the things that we say would help others and help them come closer to Christ. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for 
the people in the church. We thank you, dear Lord, for those that are doing the things that you would have them to do. We pray, dear Lord, and we thank you for keeping us safe from the virus. We thank you for keeping us safe thus far. And we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the things that you're going to do for us in the future that we have not experienced yet. We thank you, Lord, for just being there for us, even when we're not doing some of the things we need to do. And we, as we go in further into this week, dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless us and keep us, if it be your will, Lord, and help us to be stronger and help us to study your word more. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much. And good night. Good night. Oh, good night. I need to. Okay, what do I do now, though? <coughs> okay, I think I did it.